everybody. Welcome to Peculiar Stories and Far Out Tales. I am Kim Yellen, and that is Anna, and Anna is going to start today. I am starting today, and today is our holiday episode. So, happy holidays, everybody. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of an unconventional holiday season this year, but we're getting through it, and 2020 is almost done. Thank God. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, almost there. So, uh, I have to admit, I don't love the holiday season outside of Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I do love a good medley of Christmas songs. Mm Mm-hmm. And I do love scary stories. Okay. So (laughs) I'm going to bring you a medley of terrifying Christmas stories. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like like when you were like, let's do holiday stuff. I was like, what is she going to, this is what I thought. This is very similar to what I thought. Yeah, so I'm here yeah. for it. I'm prepared. Yeah, you're you're right on the money yeah. there. <laughs> as as you probably know, uh, many of the Christmas traditions that we celebrate today are actually derived from pre-Christian holidays surrounding the winter solstice. It's always the pagans. I know we talked about caroling last night. Last night we had a fun little Zoom holiday party, and somebody mentioned wassailing. And I was like, oh, wassailing, that's not actually caroling. Wassailing was something that the pagans did before Christianity took over Europe and before Christmas was even a thing. Around the winter solstice, they would go from door to door singing pagan songs to wish people, you know, good fortune and uh, good health. And later in the 13th century, uh, St. Francis co-opted that tradition and had them start to sing hymns and it turned into what is basically caroling today. So mm. that's that's just one of the traditions, you know, that comes from ancient festivals. Which I always I always thought it was like the exact same thing. Like I, th- I feel like maybe now wassling and caroling means the same thing. Like that's, yeah. it's interesting that it like comes from different. Yeah, they're, they're used as interchangeable like mm-hmm. terms, but yeah, wassling had nothing to do with Christmas when it first started out. So Just as I, I feel like most of the things you're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like yeah. we've talked about before, the the Christians, early Christians, well, maybe Christians still are pretty good about, see, it's the same. It's just Jesus. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Got yeah, it. Just sprinkle a little Jesus in there and yeah. bam. It's, it's your thing just with some extra Jesus. And now it's ours. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to pretend that your thing never happened and never that it's happened. bad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, the ancient festival, Roman festival of uh, Saturnalia. Uh, celebrated in late December. That's what brought us mistletoe, holly decorations, and the Christmas tree. Early Germanic tribes used to also place candles in evergreen trees around the winter solstice. And that just, I mean, that seems like such an unnecessary fire hazard. I I just imagine like a lot of trees got burned down like that. A lot of trees, a lot of houses, I'm sure. Yeah, and they did that to honor one of their deities, Odin, who coincidentally looked a lot like Santa Claus and Mm. who also flew through the sky on this weird eight-legged horse and gave gifts to children. So, Mm. Are there eight reindeer? Is that maybe where? Are there eight? Oh, I think there's 12. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? Is there 12? 13 if you count Rudolph, right? I thought it was eight. Maybe I'm I'm just like stuck on Hanukkah. You know, maybe it is eight. (laughs) I don't know. We should know this. Well, I mean, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. How many is that's that? That's nine. That's nine. Yeah. Is there another one? Dasher, Dancer. Uh... 
People are screaming at us right now. <laughs> we got sidetracked real fast. <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, Christmas, as we know it, has evolved over time. And with that comes a lot of crazy, fun myths and creatures and characters that have mostly been forgotten, but really make this holiday a hell of a lot more interesting than, you know, the like prepackaged bullshit we're sold each year in the name of consumerism. There's actually a lot of really cool myths that surround this holiday that we just don't even really talk about that much anymore. So I'm gonna talk about them today. Well, is that why you kind of don't, are not a maybe Christmas fan is because of like the consumerism and the prepackaged? You know, I just like, I. you know hmm. what? This is a good question. I, I don't know. Maybe I should talk about it in therapy. Let's explore <laughs> this more. Welcome to Weird Therapy with Anna and Kim. <laughs> I just I need I need everything to have just a little a little edge to it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I yep. just I'm just I'm not about it. I don't like the hypocrisy in religion. Mm-hmm. I don't like the just like glossing over all the consumerism, all the, you know, I I, I just don't like it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people die around Christmas. I had a good friend die around Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's always difficult this time of year to think about and Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good read. I I think you've ferreted that out well enough. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I think we had a breakthrough right now. Yes. Yeah. That kind of like, I feel like maybe it's just like you don't like the like phoniness of it. Yeah. I've always kind of felt that with like, not to hate on Halloween, but like Halloween and like New Year's and like your birthday to an extent, like these holidays that you like have to get drunk. That like yeah. it's expected that you have to get drunk. And I feel like it's kind of that's kind of the similar thing with Christmas is that you have to be happy. And it's like, well, mm. yeah, like I, I don't like these like forced emotions yeah. or like for, yeah. like you have to do whatever or you have to act a certain yeah. way. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, back to terrifying Christmas stories. So uh, we're going to get right into it, starting with the story of Krampus. I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, Krampus the movie came out mm-hmm. back in 2017. Uh, and this might have been the first time the concept of Krampus was presented to a mass American audience. But the origins of Krampus are a little murkier and they can be traced back to like Norse mythology. Um, and he really got his claws in the Christmas tradition in the early 1600s in Central Europe. Oh, I didn't realize it was like, I mean, I guess I thought it was kind of made up for for the movie. Like, I knew about the movie. Oh, no. I didn't it's a whole it was thing. A thing. It was a thing. Oh. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Krampus is a horned creature described as being a hairy demon that is half goat, half demon with cloven hooves, a long pointed tongue and fangs. Mm. He carries really heavy chains with him and switches and a large sack that's not full of presents. And we'll find out just what he puts in there in just a minute. And, you know, I'm not actually sure if it's Krampus or Krampus. I've been going with Krampus, but I think I might have said Krampus before. I've I've heard it pronounced both ways. So it's K-R-A-M-P-U-S. I think you're good either way. Anyway, after Christianity became widespread in Europe, many pagan traditions, of course, were melded with Christmas celebrations. And while the character of St. Nicholas concerned himself with the good children, the, you know, children that washed their faces and did their chores, 
Krampus was responsible for the bad kids. Mm. And on the night of Christmas Eve, he would go around with St. Nicholas. And while St. Nicholas would bring presents to the good children, Krampus was there to beat the naughty children with sticks (laughs) and chains, toss them into his sack, and drag them to hell. Whoa, that doesn't seem like a... uh... Like, that seems like a bit of an overreaction. I know, right? <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> Who needs Elf oh. on a Shelf when you can just scare your children with Krampus? Yeah. About going to hell in a sack. Yes. Good Lord. Yeah. Beaten wow. and then taken to hell. You know, can't right. do that part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. So Krampus's frightening presence was suppressed for many years when the Catholic Church came in and tried to prohibit the celebrations. And then during World War II, fascists really tried to tamp down the story because they considered Krampus to be a creation of social Democrats, which was not the case. But <laughs> what a weird <laughs> there's some parallels there with uh, yeah. with our world today. I know. I mean, very strange. Fascists in general, fascism in general. Sometimes there's some logic. Like there's some some jumps there that I wonder how they made, oh, but that's man. that's a weird mm-hmm. that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. However, in recent years, the myth has started making its way back into the hearts and minds of many people across the world, and it's now celebrated in towns throughout Austria, Germany, and northern Italy, where revelers get drunk in elaborate, sinister costumes and rampage through towns, getting in fights and destroying property. Wow. It was all fun till <laughs> you, you yeah. can't beat up people's stuff. Ruin people's I know. Stuff. That's a little crappy. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm sure not everybody in the celebration does that. It's probably just a few bad Krampuses. Bad Krampuses ruining it. Ruining the good name of Krampus. I think when you put people in costumes and put masks on them, they feel like they can get away with like a lot more than they could have otherwise. It, it might have more to do with alcohol is the other problem. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I was random Krampus story. So um, at my job, we have like movies in the park. And this one time, like a few years ago, we were having a movie in the park and the movie had started. And I can't remember what movie it was. Some like elf or something, like some happy Christmas movie. And so me mm-hmm. and, and my friend who was doing the movie, like who was in charge, she's our special events coordinator. So she was like in charge of the movie. We're like sitting kind of far back out of the shadows, see this thing come like walking towards the movie and I was like what the (gasps) fuck is that like what is going on and so I was like Mallory what is that and she's like I don't know and it was like moving and so (laughs) Mallory's braver than I am as we've established I'm not the bravest person in the world (laughs) and so she like goes up to the to this person in this costume with like all I mean all the things you described like horns and like he had like walking sticks like weird walking stick things oh wow and she was like I couldn't hear what she was saying but she was like you like gesturing and he was like pointing and whatever and then she he like turned around and walked away and I was like what was that like what is going on <laughs> and she was like he said he was dressed up as Krampus and was like coming to scare the kids and I was like <gasps> what are you doing bro I was like that would have terrified all these little kids watching the movie and I was like you made Krampus go away but I had never heard (laughs) until that point that was the first time I was like what is Krampus like what is happening like I I don't think we should use him to scare children anymore I just think I think it's fun for adults yes (laughs) but for kids oh my gosh it was the weirdest thing like that this like I mean just making assumptions some like 
teenage boy was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go scare all these kids while they're watching Elf in the oh. park. It was it was so weird. What a dick. Yes. Like, it was so weird when he was, oh, like, coming wow. out and, like, walking that direction. We were like, what is that? Like, because it does, you know, when things are kind of in shadows and they're, like, kind of silhouetted yeah. a little bit. We were like, whoa, oh, I mean, that? these costumes that I saw, because they have these big parties, you know, in these towns where they, they have, like, parades of these, like, you know, Krampus creatures. <laughs> they are so scary looking. I mean, people really, really get into yeah. it. I have never even seen a Halloween costume as scary as these Krampus costumes. Yeah. They're really intense. So I'm going to put some of those up on the Instagram, and you guys can see them. Just make sure that you don't look at it before you go to sleep at night because they're very, very scary. And don't show up to a movie in the park to scare a bunch of kids. Do dressed. not do that. Yeah. For sure. In general, yes. don't do that. In general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Krampus movie was, was pretty good. I remember enjoying it. It was a good scare. Mm. So add that to your streaming queue to break up those Lifetime movies that are atrocious. <laughs> Did you see the ad for the KFC lifetime movie that i will watch yes i like texted <laughs> my my friend mallory really likes lifetime movies and i like texted it to her and i was like this is the oh. only one i'll watch with you and she's like is that real and i was like it is i have so many friends that love those movies too mm-hmm. and i don't get I don't it get i'm it like either. this is i tried to watch one one time and i was just like this is the cheesiest like this is everything i hate about christmas yeah, which i feel like is fine for one but like i've seen it yeah. now like i've seen the plot yeah. girl that moved to the big city goes back to her small town and falls in love with the carpenter or something it's just so like, unrealistic and the acting is so bad yes. it's just i bet the the kfc movie will uh set a new like a new high water mark like it will be yeah, I'm all about that because that's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's them having a sense of humor yes, about themselves, yeah, I think, yeah. which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on, there are a couple of Christmas witches, uh, but the one I'm going to focus on today is probably the scariest, and it's uh, Frau Pershta. Mm. She's not as well known as Krampus, but she is equally as terrifying, and she's not to be confused with La Bafana, the Christmas witch from northern Italy. Oh. Who is more of a sweet old lady that just, like, gives children presents in their shoes. Frau Persia is not like that at all. She doesn't give out presents. I'll tell you what she does in a little bit, and it's not very nice. <laughs> She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria and is also known as the spinning room lady, Bertha, and my favorite, just Bertha. Oh. Good. That's a good witch name, Bertha. Yeah, I think so, right? Mm -hmm. So good old Bertha's story (laughs) dates back as early as the 10th century. She's often depicted as an old woman with a beaked nose made of iron. She's dressed in rags and she carries a cane with her. Uh, She also flies through the night, but not on an eight-legged horse like Krampus or on a sled like Santa or with presents like La Bafana. She instead brings an entire army of lost souls with her. Ooh. So what's her deal, you might ask? What's her deal? (laughs) She is real big on people staying on top of their domestic chores. Oh. In Mm. particular, spinning or making thread, which is why she's got the name the Spinning Room Lady. Wow. That's a very... uh... 
Maybe that's why we don't know about her anymore. Like, I feel, is that something that's still a thing? <laughs> I don't think, no, people don't spin thread anymore. I mean, I think they do, but it's like, you know, industrialized. Yeah, so. mass produced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not like sitting in a little room, like working those little loom things, yeah. you know, yeah. unless they're doing it as like for like fun, yeah. I guess. Yeah, a hobby. Yeah, yeah. So it's said that like, Back in the olden days, during the 12 nights of Christmas, which ended on January 6th, which was also called Epiphany. It was a celebration called Epiphany. Um, people were supposed to wind down their, you know, work. They Women were supposed to stop spinning. They were supposed to kind of take a break. And Bertha, <laughs> on the night of January 6th, would go around and make sure that everybody had done what they were supposed to do, that all the women had finished their spinning for the year, that the houses were clean. Um, another big thing was that the feast that they were supposed to have that night was done correctly and that all the food was eaten um, and that all the children were well behaved. Just kind of like, you know, going around, just making sure you're getting your yeah. getting your life in order. The home ec stuff. That you're the yeah, home ec teacher exactly. of witches. Yeah. She's like a really fucked up home ec teacher. Who <laughs> <laughs> like comes to your house. Yeah. 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 And so if if you've done everything that you're supposed to do, that's all good. She just leaves you alone. She doesn't give you anything like some of our other characters. But uh, she just, you know, passes you by, you know, good on you. Uh, but if you did not do what you were supposed to do, if you did not stop your spinning and you do not have all your thread spun for the year and your house is not clean, Bertha's going to ride in with her army of lost souls, disembowel you in your sleep, uh, oh. and fill your insides with rocks and straw. Wow, that sounds like the mob. Like, <laughs> again, that sounds like a bit of a an overreaction uh, to not Jeez. spinning enough thread. Yeah, like, yeah. She's pretty serious about it, though. Damn, yeah. I know, Holy right? Holy moly. Been around since the 10th century, disemboweling people <laughs> left and right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> good, good for somebody. Someone's got to do it. No, not. <laughs> no. I, uh, <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. So another fun Christmas character hailing from Iceland. You and I have different definitions of fun. I just <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Is a gorilla and she's a giant org. She lives in a cave with her Yule lads, which are 13 unruly grown man children. Hmm. And her Yule cat, which sounds sweet. But really isn't. <laughs> and I'll get into that in just a second. During Christmas, Gorilla emerges from her cave to hunt for children, which she kidnaps and cooks in a vat of stew. Great. Her 13 grown man children, trolls, are each responsible for distinct forms of mischief. One of them stalks children, another one steals from homes, another kills livestock. You kind of get the picture. Wow. They're kind of like a... What what's the Snow White? The oh, little the dwarfs, dwarfs, the seven dwarfs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've all got their own thing. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Only they're like murdering you in right, your sleep yes. and not. Like, yeah, I do like the, everywhere. the kind of division of labor though. That's that's good. Like specializing <laughs> yeah. and yeah. yeah. What is most terrifying though might be her massive Yule cat that roams around the neighborhoods, peering into the lighted windows of children's bedrooms. 
The only way to save yourself from being eaten by said Yule Cat is to show him the new Christmas clothes that your parents bought you for being good that year. Hmm. Now, if you didn't get any new clothes, you can leave out your old clothes and just pray that they meet the standard of the Yule Cat. Wow. Um, which is, you know, he's a tough critic. Yeah. So. That sounds mighty uh, classist of this cat. I is know. that you have to have new right? clothes. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a really messed up version of like Project Runway. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a cat. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, yeah, so I, I think that that's, and that one, like, I think they still like have like traditions in Iceland regarding that particular story. Do they? We have to yeah, find out. Yeah, from what I heard. I mean, I'm not from Iceland <laughs> and I've never been to Iceland. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on my list. It for was sure. on my list. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, it's not even that far from where I am. It's like easier to fly to Iceland than it is to fly to California. Yeah, I guess it would be like it would definitely be closer than like London. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. we should. We should. I know. <sighs> Traveling. It's supposed to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go in the winter time and go see the Northern Lights there. Oh my there. god! Yo, the winter? No. No. Okay. You can see the. You can also see the Northern <laughs> Lights like in Canada. Like you don't have to go. <laughs> Super far away. Well, I guess maybe I could. You, you can't see them in Montreal, can you? I I don't know a whole lot about the Northern Lights, but I feel like it's very, like, conditional, like, that if the conditions are right, mm-hmm. like, I feel like you could see it anywhere that it was cold. Oh. Hmm. I went to Montreal in the winter one time. Ugh. It was horrible. I do yeah. not recommend it. I just, the winter, I get, I'm just not a winter person, like, at all. Yeah. And so the thought of like traveling anywhere further north, like I'm I'm in Houston. I'm pretty far south to begin with. But the thought of going <laughs> anywhere further north in the winter is just yeah. no. Like maybe I'll come to well, you. But. It's 60 degrees here today, by the way. <laughs> Ugh, that's that sounds cold. I don't mm. It's been really weird. You know, the last few years we haven't had like any snow at all until after the new year. It's so weird. Aren't you getting a big uh We are on Wednesday. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be actually driving during that time because oh, I'm, no. I'm going skiing. Ugh. But we'll see. Nah. It'll be fine. I do ski. I have skied. But yeah, that's a winter thing. I feel like that's fine. Like if you're going on like a ski vacation, because like that's something active and like you're moving around and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But just like to go to some place just because it's like a winter wonderland. Just what are you doing? Like uh, show yeah. me pictures. It's fine. The city's really actually very beautiful yeah. around Christmas yeah, time. I'm sure, actually. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Take pictures and um, show Or it me. used to be. I mean, I don't know what it's like this year. I, no, I, ma- I imagine it's not quite the same. Be a bit different. I mean, they put up that Christmas tree this year at Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw all these pictures of just, like, people packed around it. And I'm like, why did you guys do that? Yep. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, this is not the year to, like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a know. lot of things. Anyway recently yeah. that I'm like what why are we still why is this still a thing like why I know can we not take a break for a year I know but, uh, anyway yeah. um okay last but not least there is Saint Nicholas's most depraved companion Pierre Fautard I think I said that right it's a French name so I apologize if I didn't sound good to me yeah <laughs> Um, Okay, so Pierre, uh, according to the French legend, was a butcher slash serial killer slash cannibal who kidnapped, robbed, and killed wealthy children and then carved up their bodies and hid them in salting barrels. Wow. Hmm. He had a system. 
Like he had it. Yeah. Yep. And it was him and his wife too. They were like Ugh, a duo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But apparently St. Nicholas discovered the crimes. Oh. Until you said that, I thought we were talking about something real. Now we're not. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> like the good detective Santa Claus is. Right, yes. He found out, you know. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's something he does on the side. Oh, Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. Yep. He brought the children back to life with his Santa magic. Mm-hmm. And then as punishment, he forced Pierre into bondage as his eternal cannibal manservant. Wow. And now Pierre follows around St. Nicholas on Christmas Eve and he's the one that deals with the bad children. Oh, he got... And I'm not exactly sure what he does. Hmm. But I don't think it's good. He got reassigned. He's been reassigned. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. I There's, like, pictures of, like, people, like, dressed up as, like, St. Nicholas and Pierre. <laughs> and there's, like... Pierre looks like Snape. Oh, <laughs> poor Pierre. Oh, no! He's a, he's a serial killer cannibal. Oh, sorry. He got what he deserved. Yes. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> It's just like the, the two of them next to each other. It's like the shadow of Christmas. It's, I don't know. It's great. I love it. I love it. Right up your alley. Okay. Right up my alley. Yep. I know. Okay. Anyway, so that's, that's my Christmas medley of terrifying Christmas stories. And, you know, just uh, wanted to share that with you guys. <laughs> and I really feel like we should start incorporating these characters into our Christmas celebrations yeah. more. Bring in those people. Look. Everything's got some light and dark to it. Yes. Yes. Very true. I feel like it would help some of us enjoy the holiday a little bit more if it could have a little bit of spookiness to it. Yep. Anyway. It doesn't, nothing should be all or nothing. Like you got to have the yin and the yang. You got to have. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. That was awesome. I am all for having Christmas like sparkly and cheerful and fun for children, by the way. Yes. I'm not a. I'm not a total psychopath. (laughs) I'm not trying to like scare children like that guy. Yes. The movie theater that you saw. (laughs) Anyway, so that is, uh, that's it. Cool. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome, I guess. (laughs) Looking for your next great audiobook? Try Audible for free for 30 days. With thousands of titles to choose from, Audible has something for everyone. I recently listened to Intimations by Zadie Smith on Audible and loved it. The writing is beautiful and the author's narration was fantastic. Visit audibletrial.com slash peculiar to start your free trial today. Okay, well, I am doing the 1826 eggnog riots that were at another episode of Travels with Anna and Kim um, when we went to West Point, or we saw our West Point. I guess across oh, the river. Oh wow! Yeah. So what's this about? Yeah, I've never heard of this. That, well, that's when I like I watched a couple episodes of some shows about it and stuff, and everyone was saying that that like so few people know about it that it was like very like brushed under the rug by West Point. Take mm. your like conceptions of West Point and just like throw them out the window. So a bit of background. So there was a man named uh, Sylvanius Thayer, and he took over the military academy in 1817. And this guy, like he's called like the father of West Point. Like he really made West Point kind of what it is today. Hmm. Like it was kind of an elitist place before. Like people would just kind of show up whenever they wanted to. And it didn't matter how old you were. Like it was just kind of if you were from a rich family, you sent your kids to West Point. Oh, And so he wanted to change that. And actually, the War of 1812 
because the United States lost the War of 1812. Mm -hmm. The reason they lost was because they had this really untrained military that was fighting against the British in Canada. My my grandmother, God rest her, would always tell me, my Canadian grandmother would always tell me that the War of 1812 <laughs> was the one war that the U.S. has lost and that it was against Canada, which <laughs> I guess is kind of true. But I mean, it was the British in Canada that were the problem, but... Whatever. So look, let her let her get her kicks. I know. Can, like, okay? like, sorry, Grandma. But yeah, so the, the United States was embarrassed a little bit in the War of 1812 because they didn't they didn't put a lot of time into their military and they were really untrained. And boy, has that changed? Yes, yes <laughs> right. So that might have been the start of where we are today. So um, when Salvanius Turner took over, he really wanted West Point to to become this premier uh, educational facility. And so he like slapped in a bunch of rules. He started classes, like kind of what we would think of as classes. Like he really made it a educational, a military educational institution. And hmm. uh, one of the things that he, <laughs> he started was he prohibited alcohol. So he prohibited drunkenness and intoxication. And both of those could lead to expulsion. So he was... Very Wait, so let me get this straight. He took a bunch of college kids and he was like, you got to cut out the booze. Right. College <laughs> military kids. Yeah. Best of luck with that. Right. <laughs> that for the most part, we're like from rich families and we're never told no. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah, and told them that they couldn't drink. So there were two holidays that they were allowed to drink on. And that was the 4th of July because... America. Absolutely. Right. And Christmas was the other one. So apparently in 1826, so Thayer had been in charge of the Academy for about 10 years, the recruits got a bit rowdy at the 4th of July. And so because <laughs> of that, they... Surprise, surprise. Right. <laughs> again, it's weird when you mix a bunch of boys and alcohol and fireworks and yeah, so weird things happen. So um, they got a bit <laughs> rowdy at the 4th of July. So then... Thayer was like, well, fine, you can't drink at Christmas either. And so he took that away from them. And as you might expect, the recruits did not react well to that. And they were not fans of it. So um, on the 22nd of December, these three men, apparently there were like taverns across, they said across the Hudson. So maybe like right where we were. Uh, no. Oh, damn it. Really? <laughs> the Hudson is kind of like snaky. So it looks like. Were we not on was... the other side of the Hudson than West Point? Or were you we on the same side? I thought we were on the, on the other side of the Hudson. I don't know. You would know I'm much more. I'm pretty sure we're on the. I should know this. This is like literally 10 miles away from my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think. No, I think I think West Point is on um, the east side of the Hudson, right? I have no idea. I'm literally just going off this one afternoon and I felt like you could, you, when we were looking at it, that it was across. I feel like. Did you just think of something? No, oh. no, no, no. Oh. I'm actually looking it up. Oh, were we <laughs> wrong? Were we both wrong? No, I, now I just have to know because I'm going to uh, be driven crazy. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. It's on the, uh, and it's, and it's called West Point. Of, no shit. It's on the west side of the Hudson. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so West Point is on the west side of the Hudson. We were, I guess, on the east, is what you're telling me. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so on December 22nd, these three men went over to a tavern on the other side of the Hudson, and they got two gallons of whiskey and one gallon of rum. So they, like, stocked up, 
on all of this, <laughs> all this liquor and then took it back across the Hudson and they smuggled it into West Point to have this like eggnog party. And they apparently paid oh off gosh. the like security guard or whatever, whoever was at the dock. They like paid him off and gave him 35 cents to like let them sneak it in, which sounds. It's a little low. <laughs> yeah. Like they said, it, it worked out to like $7. Like, so it's not like a, yeah. What? So it's, even if you convert it to like today money, it wasn't a whole lot of money. Like if somebody was like, here, you might get in huge trouble for this, but I'll give you $7. I'd, I'd be like, um, <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, so they, it worked. And then they, they snuck in all of this liquor. And then on uh, December 24th, the party began. There were two men that were kind of in charge of the recruits when they were in their barracks. So there's a man named Nathaniel Eaton. And so he was in charge of the North Barracks. And then there was <laughs> Captain Ethan Allen Hitchcock, who he was like he was kind of the senior advisor. And he was a professor of military tactics, but he was stationed at the North Barracks again to try to kind of keep order. And so the eggnog party started um, it originally started with nine recruits, but like any good party, they were causing a ruckus. <laughs> and so then more people started to come. Um, it kind of drifted into another room where other uh, recruits were partying. So it was kind of like the whole barracks in like their individual rooms were all having a party. <laughs> another man brought another gallon of whiskey. So they have even more whiskey. I don't it didn't say anything about how that man snuck in if he paid his 35 cents. <laughs> they started to get louder and louder. Um, the first incident was uh, this man named Cadet Whipple, and he went into the rooms where the other recruits are, the other cadets, I guess, were, and were like, guys, you need, like, you're being too loud, you need to go to sleep. And that apparently woke up Captain Hitchcock. And so he went into the rooms, and apparently <laughs> someone pulled out a gun on him and was like, go, <laughs> like, they were really, like, against Hitchcock. Hitchcock was like, I guess he was the one that was kind of leading this, like, no drinking, whatever. And so mm -hmm. they like pulled a gun on him. They told him to go away and <laughs> were just screaming at him. And he read the riot act to them, which I didn't realize was a real thing. There's actually a thing called the riot act that says that any more than 12 people gathered, like causing a riot needs to be dispersed. It's a British, an old British mandate or something like that, hmm. which I'm sure that's the most effective way to break up a bunch of drunk men <laughs> is to read them some laws and tell them yeah, to go to sleep. Yeah. So <laughs> this didn't work. And so then they began like yelling at him, telling him to go away. Um, so then at 4.30, he I guess he decided that they had calmed down enough or whatever. So he went back down to sleep. Um, and then there was another man named Thornton. And he went up to do the same thing, to try to break up this like raucous group and everyone was still just like being all drunk and being stupid or whatever he asked one of the cadets to open their foot locker which i guess is like a box at the foot of their bed and the guy said no the guy's like i'm not gonna no nothing's in there don't worry about it you see nothing um apparently <laughs> one of the stories that i heard was like they were so drunk that like they were trying to hide and one of them just like put a cover over him and was like convinced that he was hiding and the guy was like, dude, I can, you're under the cover. I can see you. And then he tried oh to like slip out of the room all under his cover. Like he like thought it like made him invisible or something. <laughs> oh, that's something my dog would do. Yes. Be like, you can't, I can't see you. You can't see me. We're just. So then at some point um, while Thornton was up there like yelling at people, 
he got like into a confrontation and got knocked out, punched out, knocked out on the ground, unconscious. Nice. So, yeah. So I feel like this was the point when like things kind of went from like just drunken college kids to Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. maybe there was a problem. So around this time, uh, Hitchcock woke up again and he went up to the room and apparently he said while he was like talking to them and they weren't calming down, he said to go fetch corn, which apparently meant Commandant Worth, who is like the dean of students today. Like that wasn't his title, but he was like in charge Mm -hmm. of all of the cadets. So he told somebody to go get corn, which the cadets misheard as he was summoning the bombardiers, like that he was summoning the big like police, you know. And so the cadets. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then the cadets all thought they were like under attack. And so. God. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of where things started to get a bit crazy. So they were like starting to like get their weapons and like get their swords. And they started like barricading all these hallways, like all this stuff. And so then I I guess from from that point forward, things kind of that was kind of the escalation point. The bombardiers were not coming. That was not what was happening. (laughs) And so things kind of started to slowly calm down. And then there was revelry was called at 6.05, which I lived on a naval base for for a little bit during the summer. And when revelry is one of those things that like when revelry starts playing, Everyone stops. You stop whatever you're doing. You try to find an American flag. Like, it's, it very much is a pause. Like, everyone needs to stop. And so... What is, what is revelry? Revelry is the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, like, and what are you supposed to you do? You just stop. Like, it's just a... like it's And look at a flag? The, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, it's like the national anthem a little bit. Like, it's kind of just this, like... It's like a moment of reflection. Yeah, like, it's just a... Yeah, like I said, like, the day started. You do revelry in the morning, and then the, and then the day ends, and you do revelry at the end. Okay. The okay. naval base that I lived on, I lived in Japan... And it it was like twenty five thousand people, and they piped it on the like speakers. Like there were these speakers that were set up all over. Oh, like it was a big okay. deal. Like it was like used. Okay. Like it didn't matter what you were doing. Like people stopped their cars and got out. Like it. I mean, it's definitely a military thing that I think is kind of hard. And for, how how often would they do this? Just at the beginning and the end of yeah. every day? Would they do it sometimes in the middle of the day? No, just like catch you off guard no i mean it wasn't no. like a like trying to catch you okay. thing like it was just a like <laughs> things are done things are beginning like it's just i feel like it's just kind of oh, one of those like military okay. custom things that like maybe it's a little hard for us to understand yeah yeah I but yeah so they sounded revelry at 605 and that was supposed to be like on a normal day everyone stopped like everyone get in formation and so then revelry uh, was sounded at 6.05. It says, along with gunfire, the sounds of breaking glass, profanity by the cadets, cries of those in pain, and threats from the academy officers. So it was still a bit of in an <laughs> in a uproar, but they were trying to, like, like, the cadets that weren't drunk were, like, trying to, like, get in a parade formation, which I think is just when they stand in line and act all, like, mm. they're all straight and stuff. And then some of them that were that were drunk still were, like, trying to do the same thing. Like, one of the things I was listening to <laughs> was talking about that, like, people were, like, throwing up all over the place. And, like, there w- they would, like, say here. Like, apparently you, like, roll call then, too. And, like, there were cadets that were, like, saying here for everybody. Just <laughs> continuing to, you know, those things that you think are hilarious when you're drunk. And then, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're not as funny. Yes. But, yeah. But anyway, so, like. These these other soldiers are kind of drunk and like doing all this different stuff. So things started to kind of calm down. And so they started to assess what had happened. They started repairs right away. It says the mutiny officially ended. 
um, when he called, uh, when the captain of cadets called everybody to the mess hall and then they had to go to chapel, which I'm sure would have been the most amazing church service ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like exactly what you want to do when you're hungover right. on whiskey is go sit in a, right. you know, stifling church. Yes, and <laughs> listen to what I'm sure was a rousing Christmas morning sermon. <laughs> Yeah, so um, they went to, it's just a two-hour service. Nice. And so that was kind of when they considered the mutiny, is what they're calling it, officially ended. So then that started the cleanup process. There were only minor injuries. And then they uh, brought charges against between 50 and 90 cadets who were involved, but they only brought charges to uh, 22 of them. So the charges uh, were brought on the 22nd, like right away, um, so they had a staff meeting um, and then Thayer announced at the staff meeting that he was waiting for orders from like the people above him. He informed the attendants that an inquiry would take place during finals, that they would start like looking into all of this. So there were cadets that had to face simultaneous uh, examinations and inquiries, which I feel like is the biggest dick move in the world. That's awful. Like yeah. they know they're in trouble, but I don't know. Either tell them that they're not coming back so they don't have to take finals or put a break on it for a second so that everyone can do their finals. Like, yeah. And honestly, it's really, I mean, the people in charge of these cadets, they're the ones that are really at fault because you're not going to tell a bunch of young college guys that, first of all, they only get to drink twice a year. And secondly, that one of those times is taken away right. from them. Like, what did you expect was going to happen? Well, you know? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I do put a little bit on the cadets, though, too. Like, they have to have a little bit of responsibility for getting super... Definitely the one that punched the yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> punched the guy. And they said there was uh, roughly, uh, in today's money, it worked out to about $5,000 worth of damage, which, like, doesn't sound like a lot of damage. Minor. Yeah, like... I feel like if I broke a window, it would cost more than five thousand dollars to like like. I don't. I don't think it would. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe not one window. But if I was like breaking one window, Jesus, where are you getting your windows at, Kim? Me and my expensive window guy. That's... <laughs> Somebody's ripping yeah. you off. <laughs> and and for it said between fifty and ninety people, they couldn't do more than five thousand dollars worth of damage. Like, come on, get it together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, your riot is a little <laughs> under par. It's a little disappointing. You need to take some uh take take a page out of the 2020 riots. Right, yeah. We knew what we yeah, were doing. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um so the investigation started, it called 176 witnesses. Um so the official court martial trials started on January 24th after the president of the United States, James Monroe, was informed. So after that, the court martial started. They were held one after another without a break. This feels like a huge overreaction to a party. I mean, they did, like, break stuff and, like, shoot a gun and, like, punch somebody. Like, I do feel like... I mean, that's just a regular Wednesday night in Texas. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe what they should have done... Yeah, maybe it was a bit of an overreaction. But I feel like something should have happened. Like, put them in detention. Yeah. I don't well, they know. Did, like, some of them did go on house arrest. Like, they in between, like, the event and the trial, most of them were put on house arrest. Okay. Um, so they had this trial. There were 19 who faced disciplinary action. So 19 were expelled from West Point. Eight were saved. Like, they were reinstated. Um, and then a few of the ones that were that were saved even decided to leave. Like, they didn't want to... They were like, this place is a fucking buzzkill, yo. I'm getting right. out of here. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but among the people that faced disciplinary action was uh, Jefferson Davis, which I found kind of interesting, who was the president of the Confederacy when the Civil War started. This was a little bit before the Civil War. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That um, Yeah. So did they kick him no, out? No, so he didn't get kicked out. Okay. But he uh, he he faced some disciplinary action. He was I don't think he was even court-martialed. He was one of the ones that wasn't court-martialed. Okay. But it was an interesting kind of thought that, like, what if he had gotten kicked out and he wouldn't have his, like, fancy military yeah. background? Like, I don't know. Those racist assholes would have found somebody else. That's what I, this yeah. Is, you know, yeah. It's the question of, like, oh, like, what if Trump hadn't become president? It's like, this rot was already yeah. here in our country. Yeah. Like, it, we would have gotten somebody that was a little bit smarter and, you know, not as fun to make fun right. of. So. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing of, like, if you could time travel and, like, go back and kill Hitler. Like, it's like, no, there was, I think there was, like, a vacuum created and somebody filled the vacuum. Like, regardless of if it was that yeah. person. Yeah, but. Yeah, sociopathic leaders are going to exist. Like, right. there's no way that we're going to get away from right. it. Right. We have to create laws that keep them from getting in power. Like, speaking of Iceland before, they actually are now, for anybody to hold public office, they have to go through a psychological evaluation mm -hmm. to make sure that they're not crazy. a sociopath. Yeah, yeah or, or crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but mostly they're trying to weed out, like, these antisocial personality disorder people, mm. you know, because they're very detrimental to communities and society. yeah. yeah. Um, they're just agents of chaos. Yeah. So trying anyway. to put those people in power. But get off my soapbox no, now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long yes. year. Um, so Jefferson Davis was one of the ones that was kind of like I said, he wasn't court martialed, but he was like called to testify. And he was kind of one of the ones that was involved in this. Um, and then on top of all of the cadets that were either kicked out of school or were disciplined, there was one soldier who I feel kind of bad for. One soldier who was sentenced to one month of hard labor, and then he was forfeited his whiskey rations. So he... Wait, why? What did he do that was so bad? Is he the one that shot the gun? No, I think he was just involved in it. It doesn't say exactly what he did. But I guess I don't quite understand like how West Point works either that like the people that like the students like what I quote the students I think are cadets but then I I guess some people are soldiers too like I don't understand at what point they become soldiers like oh I have no yeah. idea so I don't, I don't know why he was considered a soldier or what the difference between him as a soldier and then these other people as cadets are but. oh so you're saying he was a little bit like more yeah. like higher up in the hierarchy and that's yeah why he got and it. I think also there's something about becoming a soldier too that like I don't know, you, like, sign something or, like, the country has a bit more of control over you, too. Like, like I know mm -hmm. now, like, when you're mm -hmm. a soldier, like, if you want to get, like, a tattoo, you have to ask. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I had a friend that I've had, well, I've had multiple friends, actually, that have wanted to get tattoos. And they, I mean, I, I haven't heard of anyone getting rejected. But it essentially, when you're a soldier, I mean, it's essentially, like, you're a commodity of the United States. Like, I feel like every soldier that I know has a yeah, tattoo. Yeah, yes. So I guess they're just, so I guess maybe it's just a formality. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I mean, if it's something crazy, they probably don't want it. But yeah. there's something about, I mean, like these court martials, like when you're in the army, you're, there's different rules applied to you and there's different like legal proceedings and like you're, you're mm -hmm. not a regular citizen. Hmm. There's something different about you. So yeah, so he got hard labor instead of just kicked out of school, I guess. <laughs> so. Gosh. Wow. So that is the eggnog riots at West Point in 1826. So crazy. Yeah. That's a good story. Sounds like a party. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Awesome. Fantastic. You want to do a rundown? Sure. 
Um, I'll say my run today because it's like weirdly warm outside. So I don't know. It's just like the warmest day we've had in a while. It's like 60 degrees outside and we're going to get a snowstorm soon. So I just got out there and got a good outdoor run in without feeling like, uh, you know how like when you breathe in cold air and you almost like choke on yes. it after like a few minutes. Yep. Um, and then you have to like get used to it. It takes like a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just nice not to be like, <gasps> you know, like trying to breathe in cold air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's like dead and gray around, but yeah. but it was just, it was, it was not cold and it felt good. It feels good on your muscles when it's not freezing yes. outside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just like relax a little bit. Or it's not a so. hundred degrees. Like it's the other side of it. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So cool. yeah, it was a good run. Cool. It was a good, nice little short run. Yeah. Um, well, I I haven't been running a whole lot, but I volunteer with the SPCA that's here a little bit. And I hadn't mm-hmm. really gone over there a whole lot. Like, I think just kind of COVID nervousness and like being around people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to go over and, and grab one of the dogs to take on a walk. And you normally can't. I feel like dogs, you kind of have to know the dog before you can run with them. Like, it's really hard to run with a dog. Yeah. But this dog, th- it was kind of like... Um, a blue healer kind of looking dog like kind of that size maybe mm-hmm. and so I like first started walking but like it seemed like it really wanted to run and so then I was like okay fine and so then I started running and it was like the best running dog ever like I <gasps> oh you should take it home yeah. and give it a place to stay yeah I, I have a pretty small apartment I always feel like I can't really have don't one. listen to me that's not a good idea to just like make that choice on a whim but... right this dog runs really well so I'm gonna but yeah, I was really like I was really surprised and I was really happy and I've never really like ran with a dog. Like I was trying to think of like I was like, "Oh, I don't know how long it's been since I've ran with a dog." And I was like, "When have I ever run with a dog?" Like I've walked mm-hmm. with dogs and I've done a lot, but mm-hmm. like to run with one, it was really cool. So like, I don't know, to like just kind of like feel like I have a running buddy and like <laughs> Can you can you get him again? Like can you Yeah, like I yeah. I guess I did like when I like dropped him off, I was like, "This dog's an amazing runner." Like normally they can't run. And the guy was super mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, it just seemed like nothing. Like, he was just like, okay, we'll, like, put that in its record or whatever. Like, but Aww. I was like, get excited. They normally can't <laughs> do that. Like, I don't think you understand. You normally can't run. They'll, like, run right in front of you or they'll, like, run too fast or run too slow. Like, mm-hmm. to, like, have a dog that kind of, like, doesn't get in your way, like, knows how to be on a leash. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely something you have to, like, train. So, Yeah. Yeah, I was quite happy. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's such a great yeah. story. I can just see you running, running with, with this the, dog. With yeah. the blue healer. Yeah. Yeah. How cute. Yeah. So. Well, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We're going to get this out sometime before Christmas. And we hope you guys have a happy, happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Yep. Happy whatever you, whatever you celebrate. And yeah. You, Spend some time to take care of you. And I guess I'm, I'm not going to super encourage everybody to like get together with your family, but just just take care of yourself and do. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. I'm going to encourage you not yeah. to get together with your family. <laughs> I guess I don't want to go that far either, but. Oh, well, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't kill grandma, you know? Yes. Try your best not to kill your grandma. But yeah, sure. I do think that after like everybody keeps talking about how like they're so ready to like get back to work and whatever. But I do feel like. Mm-hmm after this is done, I think things are going to get very busy very fast for most of us. So yes. I really feel like you yeah. need to like enjoy, like I know it sucks and I know everyone's over it. Pandemic fatigue is real, but like I do think it's going to get very busy very fast as soon as we're like able to yeah. 
to do things again. So enjoy this time. And that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So um, check us out on the things. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Peculiar Stories and Fire Out Tales for both. Our website is PeculiarStoriesFireOutTales.com. Email is info at PeculiarStoriesFireOutTales.com. Yeah. I haven't checked it in a while, though. So <laughs> yeah. if you um, send anything, I'm going to check it today. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Patreon is Patreon.com slash P-S-A-F-O-T. And remember, it is Far better to be peculiar than to be boring. Woohoo! Happy holidays. Bye, guys. Bye.